This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 23, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Why the push for universal pre-kindergarten, given that evidence is weak that it improves the long-term prospects of public school kids? According to Cato Institute education policy analyst Adam Schaefer, it's all about money, monopoly, and misdirection. The goals of pre-K as supporters uh, describe it is simply to improve educational achievement uh, and life outcomes for children. Uh, pretty basic uh, uh, social welfare program. Uh, and they use as support for their claim that this improves the life outcomes of children uh, just a few very old and, and, and very peculiar studies where – uh, families had a massive intervention, much more than preschool, um, for uh, an extended period in early childhood. And they conflate those kind of intensive programs with simple preschool, which is for three and four year olds where they go and play with blocks. They claim that they can get huge returns. You know, for every dollar invested, you get a return of $7 or $10, sometimes a year $17, sometimes a year $2. It's all over the map because basically this is highly speculative based on a few problematic research programs that looked into the effect of intervening in early childhood um, uh, uh, environments. Scaling up programs that were successful uh, at at pre-K, what is the likely result from a a public policy perspective? We know that scaling up programs from a, a small academic ru- academically run program that involves maybe 150 children, uh, which is the, the scale we're talking about for the programs that they use as evidence uh, for preschool effectiveness, that scaling up is, is extremely difficult. Uh, first of all, it, the, the researchers had direct control over over uh, how the program was administered. They had very quali- highly qualified people that they could pay a, a good deal of money. Um, and the, the, the kinds of people that they recruited into it, um, first of all, they had to want to participate. And uh, they're, they're, it was a small enough scale that they could make sure that they were participating in the appropriate way. When you scale that up to a government program, one, how do you, how do you make sure that everyone participates in the, required, in the required manner and you're not just wasting money on people who, who don't actually follow through on the program results? Uh, you could coerce them. Uh, that's kind of frightening to have the government coerce low-income parents into doing certain things in, in raising their, their children. Um, the, the scale problem is a massive one, and they haven't really addressed it. Uh, state preschool programs have run into this as well. As they scale up the program, we see that there's no overall change in outcomes for the children in the state. Uh, their test scores don't go up. So on a ba- very basic measure, we can see from state programs that scaling up really doesn't work. Given the static performance of students in public school systems across the United States generally for the past 30 or so years, uh Beyond that, what incentive do these uh, public school officials have to uh, move toward universal pre-K? Well, it, it's a very appealing extension of the current government monopoly on the K-12 through system. Uh, public schools uh, serve 90% of children uh, in K-12. through Right now, preschool is an exception to that. You have college, which uh, is a diverse range of providers, and, and preschool is also a diverse range of providers, uh, m- many uh, private providers, some government. Uh, the more that government expands because it's you know, free in quotation marks, taxpayers pay for it, but it's a hidden cost. And if you have children, you don't need to pay out of pocket. 
Uh, so it, it pushes out the other providers. It expands the, the current public school system, which means it expands the teacher union base. It expands their balance sheet. They have more money to spend. More administrators can be hired. Um, it's a very appealing thing. It's a growth growth area for, for um, the public schools. It, it also deflects criticism from the K-12 through system. Uh, they, they, obviously, that's a, a, a constant thing, really, in, 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 uh, in, in speeches of politicians. Every politician is going to fix K-12. through Well, now they've come up with a reason that they don't have to fix K-12. through They can just add pre-K, and, and uh, a year or two extra schooling in public schools is somehow uh, supposed to wipe out all the failure in the K-12 through system. Obviously, that's not the case. Uh, the K through 12 system is is where kids spend the vast majority of time, and we should focus on reforming that before we extend the the public school monopoly to uh, to three and four year olds. Um, I, I think an, an appropriate way to do uh, to support low income choices in early child uh, child uh, education and and uh, child care options is to have donation tax credits to support that. Um, Education tax credits can also be used to open up the range and quality of options at the K through 12 level, and uh, that's been a proven reform. Uh, 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 there's been over 10 studies, random assignment data, which is the gold standard that show school choice improves the educational outcomes for low-income children. It also improves public school performance. So that's that's a true reform that actually addresses the K through 12 problem rather than pushing it off to three and four-year-olds. Adam Schaefer is an education policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.